There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army, we lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down 
There's rules I'd love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back And a good Thursday morning, St. Louis and all points north, east, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you. We welcome you in to the Window World King's Court, live on KevinSlaytonShow.com, podcast on KevinSlaytonShow.com, as well as anything that you'd like. What platform is your favorite? Do you want Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Anchor, Google? We're on all of them. All of them. Except YouTube. YouTube actually took us down that we violated their... Sensitivity standards. <laughs> their sensitivity standards or their community standards means truth. If you tell the truth, YouTube destroys you or tries to. It can't hurt us. We don't really care if we're up on YouTube or not. But nonetheless, they took us down. Yes, sir, they took us down. Good. We're happy that we're making inroads. I always, I always say this, if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not really living, right? I mean, because people are so offended and so angry today that if you can't ruffle one of their feathers, what are you really doing? I guess you're just existing. Because you're not really accomplishing anything if you can't tick one of these liberals off. Jeez, Dr. Jill ticked them off. She got the entire gay population pissed off now. Why? Because she honored Nancy Reagan with a stamp at the White House on Monday. Oh, look out. We'll get into that a little bit later on, but that, that's how easy it is to piss these people off. So if you're not doing it, step up your game, please. Get with it. Wave an American flag, that'll do it. That gets them all angry. Say that you're pro-Donald Trump, that'll, that, you'll destroy them. Pro-life, oh my God, they'll be killing themselves. Maybe that's the best way is to just keep telling them what you love about this country and that will drive them into insanity. They'll be jumping off decks, jumping off buildings. They're crazy. I consider, as our real uh, our uh, research assistant pointed out, I consider being taken down by YouTube as a badge of honor. It means I'm in their head, which is right where I want to be. We've got them riled up now. Not hard to do, mind you. Just tell the truth. Give the liberals a good dose of the honest-to-goodness truth, and it riles them. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. My God, he's telling the truth. Silence him! He must be silenced. Put the cone of silence on him. Remember the cone of secrecy or whatever it was in Get Smart? Might have been the cone of silence. Whatever it was, those were the days of great television. When you could actually laugh at great comedy shows, sitcoms, comedy routines, fun stuff. Those days are long gone in this country. It's sad for kids growing up, for my kids, for my grandkids, for 
grandkids, grandkids, great grandkids. It's going to be sad. It's going to take a long time to repair this country and the culture. The only thing that will do it is wipe out election victories. You start wiping them out, and then they'll start getting the message. There's only one way to get elected, and that's to change their disgustingly uncivilized, socialistic, communistic, Nazi-like ways. But that's the only way. So these can't just be marginal victories in November. They have to be a wipeout victory. And then in 2024, a landslide victory for the White House. And continued power in Congress. Let's stop with the flip-flopping every two years of congressional power. We need the right kind of people. By the right kind of people, I mean American people that are pro-America. And if we don't have them, pretty sure you don't have the English Parliament filled with anti-English people or the Israeli Parliament filled with anti-Israeli people. So why do we have this government filled with anti-American people? We are a bizarre nation, getting more bizarre by the day. And you're going to hear the guy who supposedly leads this country today, and it's going to embarrass the holy hell out of you. And when you listen to him, I want you to try to imagine being a foreign leader, perhaps even an adversary, China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, Try to imagine being one of those leaders listening to this feckless idiot and see how emboldened you would become. Newt Gingrich is going to sum Biden up perfectly today for you. Jean-Pierre, Karen Jean-Pierre, is going to show you how the Biden administration, the Biden regime, tries to distract you rather than talk about the real issues. Now, if I asked any street goer, What are the big issues in America today? They'd say gas prices, right? Inflation, kind of related. Baby formula. Food prices. Pretty sure those would be the top four. Energy independence might be the fifth, but that kind of goes with gas prices. But everybody would respond with those issues in some order. Nobody would say... Our biggest issue is racism or gay, anti-gay sentiment. Nobody. Nobody. But the Biden regime wants to distract you from the real issues because they don't care about those issues. They want you to think this country is all about racism and anti-gay messages. They're nuts, but that's what they want you to think. Rick Grinnell is going to talk about gay life in America. He's gay, and he'll tell you how great it is. He's also going to give us evidence as to why James Comey should be prosecuted. Rick Grinnell doesn't give a flip about Sussman. In fact, he said that was a waste of all of our time. Let's get the big dogs. That's what we've been saying. God bless Rick Grinnell. You're going to hear Fauci admit today that the Department of Justice is appealing the mask mandate decision by the courts in order to regain power. Nothing to do with safety, public health. It's to retain power, and you'll hear those words right out of Fauci's own mouth. Alina Habab, who is a Donald Trump attorney in civil litigation, will talk about the Sussman verdict and what it means for Donald Trump going forward. 
because of all the information that was exposed, you're going to hear a sheriff in Polk County give a warning to any one of these dopes who think they might want to run to one of their schools with a gun. You're also going to hear about a school in Indiana and a school in New Mexico. And when we talk about securing the schools on this show, which should be the number one priority, people on the street might say that's a big issue if you walk down the street and ask them. Biden doesn't want to do that. He has said that. Jean-Pierre told us that yesterday. But you'll hear these stories of these two schools, and you'll say, carpe diem to them. Manny Diaz is the new education commissioner in Florida, appointed by Governor Ron DeSantis. He's going to tell you some basic things about how they're educating children in Florida, and you're going to say, duh, of course, that's what we should be doing, except for he's so rare he'd cure cancer. Everything he's going to tell you is what you expect, but you're not getting unless you live in Florida. Jason Whitlock's going to come in and weigh weigh in on the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson, Tony LaRouche bag story. And if you're not familiar with that, let me brief it up, brief it up for you right now. Tim Anderson's a black ball player for the Chicago White Sox, a talented player. In an interview in Sports Illustrated in a piece they did on him, he compared himself to Jackie Robinson somehow, some way. Of course, it's almost, <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. It's so bad to compare yourself to Jackie Robinson when you haven't gone through anything that Jackie Robinson went through. But nonetheless, Tim Anderson thought he would do it. And so as a result, Josh Donaldson, a player for the Braves and the Yankees, when uh, he was playing first base and Anderson got to first base, he said, what's up, Jackie? Now, if you're familiar with sports culture and uh, the bench uh, rattling that goes on when you're doing something or saying something, the other team is going to razz your ass pretty good about it. As razzing goes, that's about as lame as it gets. What's up, Jackie? But it it really pissed Tim Anderson off because he had to start a bench-clearing brawl. And then LaRusa weighed in. LaRusa is Anderson's manager, and you're going to hear that. And you're going to hear what Jason Whitlock thinks of LaRusa. And society in general, what they're trying to do to men. And LaRusa is a part of it, he says. Now, the the sacrilegious statements that Whitlock will make on LaRusa, at least sacrilegious in St. Louis. Oh, my God, the LaRouche bag defenders will come out screaming and yelling. But you'll love it. I loved every word of it. Been saying it for years on this show. And then Mark Wahlberg's going to tell us about prayer and how important it is to accept God in your life. It's, un, it's a short little bit, but it's powerful. All of those things are coming your way today. And as a bonus, I'm going to help you get great health insurance. Because here's the guy to go to, Jordan Krugman, 314-602-4055. You don't get this kind of information anywhere. 314-602-4055. Now, why would I advocate that you give Jordan a call? Well, first of all, you might think you have tremendous health insurance, and perhaps you do, but Jordan can ratify it for you. Yes, you do. I can't help you. Your insurance is spectacular. Or here's some options. Your insurance isn't that great. I have some plans with a zero deductible, zero. Don't have Obamacare or COBRA. He has options for all of that. He's an independent broker. He's not an insurance agent betrothed to one company. He will take your needs, financial and insurance, 
marry them together, and then go out and find the best deal for you. That's how he does it. That's how he did it for me, for family, friends, listeners, many of whom have called. Simple, easy to understand when Jordan sits you down, and he can sit you down virtually, by way, by way of a, a Zoom call. You don't even have to leave your house. He's licensed in 24 states, so it's a pretty good chance that he, wherever you're listening, he's licensed there. He's located in Missouri, but he's licensed, of course, as I said, in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. If you're a small business owner, group plan, how about if he saves you tens of thousands of dollars? He's done that for small businesses. He's also helped them retain their best employees because he gives them better coverage. If you're a Medicare recipient or you're about to be, if you're about to be, you're getting inundated in your mailbox every day that you walk to the mailbox with all kinds of sales literature. Throw it away. It's all confusing. It's just propaganda. Call Jordan. He'll straighten you out and navigate you through those clustered waters. 314-602-4055. He has a lot of advantage plans on Medicare that have a zero monthly premium. But he can help you with Medicare supplements, Part D drug plans, hospital indemnity plans, a lot of extras. 314-602-4055. That's Jordan Krugman. All right, our phone lines are always open, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. If you remember when Biden was, air quotes now, elected, all of the media wanted to jump in there and, yeah, yeah, you know, now we get to go back to being normal. We'll be respected internationally. That's right, yeah, get rid of the orange man. Now, the reason they wanted rid of Donald Trump is because he did things differently. They don't like that in the media. They want you to do things the way they want you to do it. And if you don't, then they will pillage you. They'll try to ruin your life, much less your presidency. So they did that with Donald Trump. And so once they were able to get rid of him through a stolen election and through the media not covering all of the details of the of the steal, Right away, the media wanted you to know that now it's time for normalcy again. This is what they were saying right after Biden took over. Normalcy. That seems to really be a big part of the pitch, that Joe Biden is somebody who who will allow the country to return to normalcy. Biden, by inclination, is a compromiser. He's someone who wants normalcy. Also a return to functioning government. The Biden team is trying to restore trust more broadly. <laughs> Brian Stelter is quite possibly one of the dumbest people on earth. That guy's really stupid. He's hopelessly stupid. Trying to return trust more broadly. What does that even mean? Do we have trust in the FBI today? Do we have trust in Congress? Do we have trust in Biden? Do we have trust in the CIA? Do we have trust in the court system? Do we have trust in judges? I'm pretty sure your answer is going to be no on every one of those. But Brian Stelter says with Biden... We can have trust more broadly. Trust who? You? Trust the media? Uh, There's another one. Anybody trust the media? We can trust more broadly, says Humpty Dumpty, before he falls off the wall. You know, I'd almost think that CNN is is almost promoting this guy to some bigger role that he's going to have with his new ownership over there. Now, if it were me and I took over CNN, the first thing I'd do is fire him. After I fire, I'd Probably not the first thing. I would have fired Cuomo, but he's already gone. 
I'd fire Don Lamont first, Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper second and third, and then Stelter, and then Dana Bash, and on and on and on. They'd all be gone. Now, you say, well, boy, that's kind of a house-cleaning move. It's kind of harsh to get rid of them all. Have you seen the ratings? Cable television lives and dies by the ratings. The new ratings for May came out. CNN can't even catch MSNBC. Now, how bad is that? The place where Joy Reid hangs out. You're worse than they are. By a long shot. Fox, once again, has more people watching than MSNBC and CNN combined. And it isn't close. A lot more. More than double. Combined. So, yes, is a house cleaning in order at, at CNN? Yes. How about MSNBC? Yes. The top seven rated shows in cable television news are on Fox. The top seven. That's unheard of. Unheard of. CNN doesn't have one in the top 20. What? Pretty sad. But that's why you'd wipe them all out. But what does this tell us? As we hear those media people like Jake Tapper, who you heard lead that segment off, what does that tell us about what the people of this country really think? Well, I think what it, what it says is that people want what they perceive to be closer to real news, closer to the truth, than they want that other crap. Now, it's pretty unbelievable that the polls keep telling us that Biden, while unpopular, still has 38% approval rating, which is bullcrap. When all of these people in this country turn to Fox for their news and not the other two liberal outlets, it tells me that people are voting for Republicans. Then how are we not in the majority? Fixed elections. That needs to be changed. And all you have to do if you're a foreign dignitary, if you're a foreign leader, as I said, especially if you're an adversary, is listen to this clown And this has been going on since he got in office. This is a compilation of highlights of Biden not even remembering names of his own cabinet members. The question is whether or not there was a... Hold on, that that, that will come in a moment. This is Biden yesterday admitting that he's clueless when it comes to the baby formula story. The question is whether or not there was a... This could have been moved quicker. Well, I don't think anyone anticipated the impact of the shutdown of one facility uh, in uh, uh, and the, the, the Abbott facility. Did the CEOs just tell you that they understood it would have a very big impact? They did, but I didn't. <laughs> nobody, nobody could have seen the impact of closing one facility, he says. And then when he's asked, didn't the CEOs just tell you that that the impact was going to be great? Well, they did, but I didn't see it. Of course you didn't see it because you're clueless. But I'm glad he admits it. He's been admitting it more and more. He is clueless. And here's the proof of it. Throughout his time in office, this regime, 
He cannot remember the names of his closest lieutenants. I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, uh, the governor, okay? And I took him on. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Our national security advisors have been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world and our allies, as has the general, or excuse me, I keep calling him general. Wow. Now you might think, well, he's gotten better, hasn't he? I mean, those might have been the early days. He just wasn't used to them. Here was yesterday talking about Javier Becerra, one of his cabinet members. Now, uh, you, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now and your remarks, and then we're going to hand it over uh, to uh, to Samara. To my... Samara. His name's Bashara. Wow. <laughs> so imagine if you're a foreign leader and you hear this. What is your first thought? Your first thought should be, what the F is going on in America? Who elected this clown? And the answer to that would be, of course, almost nobody. Or your first thought as a foreign dignitary would be, man, they have illegal elections in the United States. Why do they keep insisting that we have elections? They have illegal ones that are stolen every year. And Biden is the proof of that. No one believes he's in there legitimately unless you're just an ass. I know there's a lot of liberals who are asses, so they believe it. I wonder how proud they are of that, what I just played. If you voted for him, are you proud of that now? If you are, you live in denial. Your residence is in Denialville. There's no other answer for that. The guy is hopelessly inept and lost. But even though his policies have caused inflation, even though his policies have caused us to go from energy independent to begging Venezuela for oil, even though his policies have led directly to record-breaking inflation, even though his policies have led to an absence of baby formula so that we're begging foreign countries for that, even though his policies have led to unbelievably high crime rates in every city in America, even though all of that, what's Biden worried about? He's worried about getting more women in high-up positions at the Coast Guard. There's more work to be done to ensure the Coast Guard and all the branches of our armed forces reflect the full strength and diversity, including at the highest levels of our leadership. We need to see more women at the highest levels of command in the Coast Guard and across every service in the armed forces. Why do we need that? Why do we need to see more women, more blacks, more whites, more Asians, more Indians, more anything? What a real leader would say is we need to see in these positions of leadership, the best possible leaders I can find. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what gender they are. The best. But that's not what America's about anymore. used to be that. With Biden's regime, it's all about identity politics. None of the issues that I just mentioned are important to him. Having the first female commandant of the Coast Guard is important to him. He's Mr. First. First female vice president. And she's black. Well, she's not, but go ahead. We'll accept you on that argument now since it's so stupid. 
We have the first, he, he likes to say he is the first gay cabinet member, Buttigieg. But that's a lie, of course, that Biden tells, and the media plays right along with it. Rick Grinnell was the first openly gay cabinet member under Donald Trump. What? You mean anti-gay guy Donald Trump? Didn't Trump also have a lesbian leading the CIA? He sure did. Biden's one behind on the gay gang movement. He's only got one. Trump had two. Two to one, lose. But that's what this idiot is concerned about. And he's flippant and he's arrogant when it comes to you struggling, me struggling, everybody out there struggling except people like him. Well, why is that? Because we're paying exorbitant gas prices that keep rising daily. There's a new record high gas price daily. Is he concerned about that? No. In fact, when he was asked about it yesterday, he laughed. This ignorant, pompous ass laughed. And then Peter Ducey kept pushing him. Why are gas prices oh, especially down? Yes. Record yeah. high today. We're in a situation where, you know, because of a war in, uh, in Ukraine, gas prices and food prices are extremely high. The idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food. Wow, there's a winning message for Democrats, huh? Gas prices aren't coming down in the near future, neither is food. Like it. And you should be proud of it because, as he's been saying for quite some time now, we're in this transition period from fossil fuels to electric cars. And there's going to be some pain, he has said many times. But get used to it. Now, of course, he doesn't get used to it, but you should. The idea that gas prices are going to come down anytime soon. (laughs) Well, what happened to your, we're doing everything we can to bring these gas prices down? What happened to that? Well, that was a lie from the start. You knew it was a lie. No one believed you. (laughs) It's pretty sad. But now he's abandoned that even. Because he's got the first female commandant of the Coast Guard. So that makes everything fine. I think when I go get gas today, I'm going to look at that price and I'm going to say, but, hey, we have a female commandant of the Coast Guard. So I'm okay with it. I'm cool with the gas prices. I don't think Biden has been summed up any better than Newt Gingrich did yesterday by destroying everything about this guy, all of the myths that the media tries to perpetrate on the American people with regard to Uncle Joe and what a kind, normal guy he is. But Newt Gingrich has Biden pegged perfectly. This is a left-wing Jimmy Carter. I mean, Carter was incompetent, but he was sort of rational. Uh, Biden is incompetent, and he's committed to a set of values that are wrong. My guess is he's, deep down, he likes higher gasoline prices. It drives people towards some kind of new approach. He doesn't care about the price of food. Why are you eating beef anyway? Uh, you know, you could be a vegan. Everything would be less expensive. Or you could have a victory garden at home. Um, 
He cares more about taking care of illegal immigrants than he does about taking care of Americans. And the result is the federal government was competing for baby formula to take care of illegal immigrants against Americans who couldn't find the baby formula. Do you need to know any more about this guy, really? And he does all of this stuff behind everyone's back. The midnight 2 a.m., 3 a.m. flights of illegals into different cities to try to boost up that voting demographic for him and for his liberal party. The hidden crates of baby formula that he has in the hands of illegal aliens, which is exactly what they are. Do you know that we have more foreign-born people in America today than we've ever had? About 7%, 47 million. If it keeps up at this pace, that where Biden has really stepped it up, over 2 million. By the time he's done in 2024, we will have doubled that to 15%. Foreign-born people in this country. We are at 331 million now approximately. That's the most in the history of the country in terms of the population. Why do we have so many foreign-born people? I'm not against immigration. I'm all for it. Legal immigration. I'm completely against illegal immigration. Now, that might get us taken off of YouTube, because after all, we're disagreeing with the liberal freaks, which run, which run YouTube. So, Newt Gingrich, carpe diem to you. You've got it knocked, my friend. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, I'm doing well. How are you, young man? Doing great also. Hey, boss, let me just uh, quickly say uh, the wife is coming home early today. Sightman Carp- Cancer Center ba- is releasing her because her body is responding better than they thought, and she gets to come home two weeks early. Prayers answered. Yes, sir. He is good, isn't he? He is great. Uh, so I uh, I don't know if a lot of people don't notice this and they get upset. But to your point of uh, speaking of all the illegals and the foreign-borns, uh, I've been making a, con- uh, a point to you know, say, God bless the United States of South America. Uh, <laughs> and people get upset, but we're heading that way. And it, and let's be honest, it, it's been heading that way for a long time. Trump was the only one that actually finally spoke out about it. All the, all the bullshit politicians that said they wanted to do something. Trump was the, finally the one that actually tried to do something about it. And by the way, was doing something about it. Yes, he was. But the United States of South America, uh, you know, when my son's school um, down in Southeast, now, of course, Southeast is one of the better ones, but they he had a professor that actually told them that if they don't speak Spanish now, they better find a way in the next 10 years because it could be the dominant language in our country. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen, but that's how scary it is. Uh, yeah, well, and that's, this is a professor at a college saying it, so, you know, but... It's still the fact that my 20-year-old comes home and tells me this, and I'm thinking, well, you know, how much else? What what else needs to scare you, folks? If you want to talk, if, if you want to talk in the next 50 years, it's a distinct possibility. But the next 10 years, not going to happen. But these are the liberals. That's what that professor wants. He wants that to happen. Your son should have raised his hand and said, "Could you speak a little Spanish for me? Let's hear it." <laughs> Por favor. Yeah. Uh, no, and I. The last thing I'll say too is so yesterday. 
um, we made a decision. I've got a, a, a one-year-old now who we're going to be weaning off the baby formula. Well, before my wife went into, got admitted to the hospital, of course, she's leaving my dumbass home by myself. And she wanted to make sure I was fully prepared. Uh, and she got a ton. We got lucky and we were able to get a ton of extra baby formula. Well, I'm looking through Facebook and some other places last night. And there are still, to this you know, right now, there are still people making posts, asking for help because they can't find this stuff sometimes. Oh, yeah. So we've got some extra cans, and I put it out there, and I'm donating uh, five cans to a, a young lady that basically got a hold of me first, and we're happy to donate. And she goes, I can't believe she made the comment, I can't believe we're still going through this. And <clears throat> my response was, if only they would have just borrowed it from the southern border, you could have gotten it sooner. And then she says, well, what is that supposed to mean? What is that I, supposed to mean? I didn't want to. I said, you know what? I'm not going to get into this because I don't want to upset her. She needs this. But it, it was ignorance on her part, not even knowing that the government decided to take care of the illegals down there and pallets and pallets and pallets of a right. formula while you can't get on Target.com and find your own. You should have told her, never mind my offer. I'm going to give it to someone who understands the situation. Yeah. <laughs> So That's I'm, awfully nice uh, of you guys. And carpe diem to you. Well, I'm, I'm, we're afraid, as I said, I've got a 20-year-old and I've got a 1-year-old. Um, and it's quite a difference. I'm, yeah, it's quite – well, we're not very bright. Uh, but it's <laughs> – I always think to myself, who's going to live in a scarier world? And th- to be honest with you, I don't have an answer for it. Because, well, I'm guessing the 1-year-old. Because uh, well, it's, it's not going to get better for a long time until, and like I said earlier this morning, until there are sweeping election changes. They can't just be marginal. They have to be sweeping because they have to get a direct message right through their skull that this isn't going to stand. Well, but you also, let's all forget, not forget, I think you made the comment last week, and I know you've made it more than once. Um, the way that we finally, finally put a dent in some of this bullshit that's happening is you get Trump in again in 2024. You get DeSantis in there for the eight years after that. But they can't just sit on that and think that's enough. They've got to stop this um, cycle uh, where we keep going back and forth on these midterms. I, that's what Both I said. They've got to get their shit together and actually re- and hold the House and hold the Senate yeah. for more than two years. Yep. I said earlier today, you can't flip-flop this, this stuff every other year or every other election. You've got to maintain it, and it has to be consistent for the next 12 years, and then we can get out of this. If not, if people are going to be stupid – Oh, well, you know, every two years we've got to change the, the power that's in there. If it's working, don't change it, morons. When Trump was in, it was working just fine, but they decided to change it. How's that been the last four years with Pelosi running the show and Schumer running the show? How's that been? By the way, I didn't see a whole lot on her uh, on MSNBC or CNN about her husband getting a DUI. Am I wrong? You will not see anything about it. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully they don't call the Kevin Slayton law firm because uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be too busy. Uh, I can promise you I'd be too busy. Or I just say, yeah, I'll represent you. Here's the fee, $17 million. That's probably how much you've <laughs> stolen from illegal uh, trade deals in the last two months. Kevin, have a wonderful day, my friend. Thanks. You too, Ryan. Thank you. Good luck, and I'm so happy about your wife. That's great news, isn't it? Anytime a cancer patient comes home, if you know anyone who has cancer, and they've gone through this, and I've known several. It's wonderful news. Carpe diem, God. Great stuff. Yeah, I'd fear, I'd fear more for the one-year-old than the 20-year-old. That's just me. We get back to these 
distractions that Biden tries to put on us by talking about everything except the issues that we care about. Because after all, in the Biden world, it's about race. It's about gender. That's it. Nothing else. Well, gay, gay stuff. He gays it up a lot. Because after all, you know, the poor gays are being victimized in this country, though no one can point to how. What, what more are gays asking for than they already have? I don't know. Molly Hemingway talked about why Biden distracts us. It's just amazing when you think about how bad things have been going in this country for more than a year. And the Biden administration is doing so little to address what's actually going on because the Biden administration is actually causing so many of these problems. They're doing this distraction method because they themselves are the ones who opened up the border, who have enacted policies that have led to greater inflation, that have killed our energy independence. And so all they have left to do is talk about uh, other things because they can't be honest about how it was their own fault that these things have happened. They'll never be honest that it's their own fault. Now, you say probably, well, you know, you can say that they're distracting, but really are they? Well, here's an idea. Listen to Jean-Pierre, and you'll understand how they distract. Rather than her getting up there yesterday or the day before, June 1st, and talking about those issues, those core issues that I've mentioned over and over again, and how they're working to address them, this is what Jean-Pierre talked about. It is the first day of Pride Month. This month, the Biden administration, Biden Harris administration, will be spotlighting the voices of LGBTQI plus people across America, especially children. Proliferation of hateful and discriminatory bills targeting kids in classrooms and families in their homes are simply bullying. There's so much in there. Bills targeting kids and families at home, hateful. What hateful bills? What are you talking about? How about her? The Biden administration, the Biden-Harris administration. No, it's, if you want to call it anything, it's the Biden regime. It's not Biden-Harris. It's the Biden regime. It was the Reagan administration. It was the Clinton administration. Who was Clinton's vice president? Quickly. It was Gore, but I'll bet you had to think about it. Never is the vice president included. But, you know, Joe Biden, you know, we want to include everybody in our little tent of whack jobs. We are whack jobs, and so all whack jobs are welcome. We're going to change the way you think. Even our little Frenchie here, Jean-Pierre, is going to learn how to say Biden-Harris. As if they get along. (laughs) That's another lie Biden tells you. Well, it's the Biden-Harris regime. Really? What has she done? And what has he done, for that matter? So Jean-Pierre tells us it's Gay Pride Month, and here's what we're doing. We're going to listen to LGBTQI. What's I, by the way? They keep adding letters into this thing. I can't keep up with the alphabet soup. LGBTQI. I? Ah, it's for insane. Rick Rinell is gay. He was a member of the Donald Trump administration cabinet, not the Trump-Pence administration, the Trump administration. And he believes there is no better place on this earth to be gay than the United States of America. Look, gay conservatives uh, really believe we live in the greatest country in the history of the world, especially if you're gay. 
And while, you know, the human rights campaign and some of these lefty groups will continue to try to change flags and, and push this agenda, what we're trying to do is remind people that this is the greatest country. You should be proud. The American flag should be your flag. You're not criminalized here. And so while Hollywood wears a red ribbon and pretends like, you know, this is the big black tie affair fight that we should have and they're going after, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis in Florida, we think that these woke corporations who change their logo during the month of June to some rainbow colors here in America, but don't do it in the Middle East, should be called out. They are phonies. They are fake allies. Carpe diem, Rick Grinnell. Yeah, all these companies, these woke companies here in the United States, change their logo during June with this gay pride flag. But in their offices overseas in the Middle East, they don't do it. That's what cowards they are. That's, as Rick Grinnell said, phonies. They're frauds. They're all frauds. Every last one of them. Gay pride flag. As Rick Grinnell said, there's one flag. It's the United States of America flag. Why do people have to have their own flag? I'm heterosexual. I don't have a heterosexual pride flag. I'm just heterosexual. No big deal. That shouldn't be headline stuff, should it? Should I have a flag? Fly a flag out in front of my house. Kevin, what flag is that? That's the heterosexual pride flag. People would think I'm nuts. And I would be, by the way. But nobody thinks the gay people are nuts for having their own stupid flag. And for some of these teachers to actually put it up in a classroom is despicable. And carpe diem to the schools that have made them take it down. Because that's where it belongs, in a trash heap. You don't put that in classrooms. It's amazing how they don't want school prayer and they don't want prayers before a football game so that nobody gets hurt. But boy, they'll let you put a gay pride flag in their classroom. This myth that the media likes to proliferate about Biden and what a caring guy he is. And, of course, Biden does it himself. He wants you to know how caring old Joe is. Is destroyed as they quietly try to dismantle the school lunch program for kids who disagree with their socialist policies. Listen to what Chris Bedford has discovered in the Federalist. And what's what's super ironic and super sad about that is they're not actually pushing any kind of inclusive policy. For an article coming out in the Federalist tomorrow about this, how the Biden administration to celebrate Pride Month is pushing a policy that would take away school lunches or paid for by the American taxpayer to the 30 million or so American recipients of it, the children in schools who get these school lunches, if their parents decline to do what the administration wants. They're woke at policies. They're letting little boys into little girls' showers and locker rooms and bathrooms. If they don't toe the line of destroying women's sports or breaking down these social barriers, if they if they stick to traditional Christian values, then the Biden administration is going to take away their extracurriculars, going to take mm-hmm. away their access to lunch programs. Like- They're going to take it away. The caring people. They're going to take it away. If your parents don't like little boys going into little girls' restrooms, they're going to take your little boy's lunch away. These people are evil. They're beyond evil. They were born and created by Satan. That's what they are. They are satanic creatures. And it's the only way you can describe them. They're creatures. 
I mean, absolute creatures. And it's disgusting. Good grief. That's amazing. But the creatures live on and on and on. And you, when I talk about identity politics and all this race-baiting crap that Biden, of course, his uh, his beloved Obama uh, began with the race-baiting, it's gotten so bad now. And, and it is bad, but it's gotten so bad that some jerkwad, a bl- he's a black guy running for Senate as a Democrat in Kentucky, has now uh, put together an ad... And the ad has video of him standing there talking with a noose around his neck. Now, who's he targeting? Well, he's running against Rand Paul. And he wants you to somehow believe that Rand Paul is in favor of lynching. Now, you can't be more disgusting or more despicable than to to push that kind of a lie on someone, right? I mean, is there anyone in this country that you know of? who wants to lynch black people. There might be a pocket of people who would be in favor of it, but there's also a pocket of black people who want to lynch white people. I mean, it's it's all over the place. There are pockets of people. But no one accepts it as a policy. No one thinks it's okay. Even the people who would do it don't think it's okay. But that doesn't stop Democrats from lying because their basic nature is to lie. So when you're trying to fight your basic nature, sometimes that's difficult. And with Democrats, it's impossible. When you see the picture of this black man and this ad running with a noose around his neck, if I were black, I'd be so pissed off about that. But it doesn't stop him. Charles Booker. He puts the noose around his head and suggests that Rand Paul opposed efforts to criminalize lynching. Now, it's not true. There was an anti-lynching bill in 2020 that Rand Paul opposed, but the reasons for opposing the bill were never, of course, mentioned in this political ad, and it wasn't mentioned that he co-sponsored a bipartisan version of that legislation this year, and it passed and went on to become law. Oh, no, we can't have that in there. No, sir. Truth? Are you kidding me? Refers to Rand Paul as the person who said he would oppose the Civil Rights Act and who single-handedly blocked an anti-lynching act from being federal law. Well, that's not true. It's sickening that anyone would say that about someone. Sickening. It's really strange, isn't it? This is what we have. What Rand Paul said about the Civil Rights Act, and this was back in 2010, before he was elected to the Senate, he was a libertarian Republican, and he was asked if he if he would have voted for the Civil Rights Bill. What he said was, he opposes racial discrimination but he disfavors government interfering with the freedom of private business. Completely agree with that. He said, I abhor racism, 
I think it's a bad business decision to ever exclude anybody from your restaurant, but at the same time, I do believe in private ownership. I think there should be absolutely no discrimination in anything that gets any public funding. So how did he oppose the Civil Rights Act? Because Booker's a liar. We've got a Charles Booker here. We've got a Cory Booker in New Jersey. They're both prolific liars. But it doesn't matter. This is, this is what liberals do when they want to unseat someone in office. They lie and they use the rankest, lowest issue to discredit someone that you could imagine. Lynching black people. It's disgusting. When you look at this ad, you want to vomit right in the guy's face. And here is the sound of what he had to say. And you've, you can couple it with the image I've described. The pain of our past persists to this day. In Kentucky, like many states throughout the South, lynching was a tool of terror. It was used to kill hopes for freedom. It was used to kill my ancestors. Now, in a historic victory for our Commonwealth, I have become the first black Kentuckian to receive the Democratic nomination for U.S. Senate. My opponent, the very person who compared expanded health care to slavery. The person who said he would have opposed the Civil Rights Act. The person who single-handedly blocked an anti-lynching act from being federal law. The choice couldn't be clearer. Do we move forward together? Or do we let politicians like Rand Paul forever hold us back and drive us apart? In November, we will choose healing. We will choose Kentucky. Wow. This guy has a flippin' noose around his neck. And he shows images of people being hung from trees. As if that's something that's happened recently. Boy, when you've got nothing to offer people, and you heard nothing in that ad, you heard not one thing that this guy was about. Except he doesn't like lynching. Ooh, wow. Well, let's run out and vote for your ass. Here's a black guy that's opposed to lynching. Whoa. Stop the presses. This is earth-shattering. He didn't say what he was going to do for Kentuckians. Didn't say how he'd help improve their lives. He didn't say how he'd work toward, and any ideas of working toward, lowering gas prices or lowering food prices or finding baby formula. He didn't mention any of those things. Inflation. All he talked about is lynching. Because how do you get people's attention faster than lynching? Even though nobody's lynching anybody, he wants you to think, if you're black, the lynch mob is right around the corner, and they're coming for you. It's such an insult to black people, it's sickening. But here's a black guy doing it. It's usually the white people that are doing it, like Biden. But here's a black guy who's fallen into the same liberal trap of idiocy and illiteracy. I'm not going to tell you what I'll do for you because I don't have any ideas. That's what he should have said in that ad. But here's what I'll tell you. I don't like lynching. And that white guy, Rand Paul, likes it. But I'm a black guy, and you see me with this noose around my neck? I don't like this at all. And I want you to remember what these white people did. They lynched my ancestors. They'll do it to you. 
You make me sick. You low-rent embarrassment to the black community. To every community. He's roadkill. That's all he is. He is sickening. If I had ancestors that had been lynched, I would come after him. And I'd get right in his face and I'd tell him, you low-life son of a bitch, who do you think you are? Charles Booker. Uh, you know, Kentucky. But I don't have any ideas because I'm a flipping idiot. I'm the dumbest son of a bitch that ever ran for office in Kentucky. But I'm black, and don't you lynch me. You better vote for me. I don't care if I don't have any ideas. I'll stop the lynchings. You illiterate rodent. That's what he is. Speaking of rodents, Fauci let it slip that after the mask mandates were ruled illegal by the courts, thereby freeing up folks on airplanes to not have to wear that mask and choke to death, the Department of Justice has appealed the decision by the courts. They're not going to win, but they've appealed it. Now, are they interested in your health? Are they interested in, as they keep saying, you need to protect not you, but other people? Are they interested in that, really? Well, Fauci let it slip that they're really not interested in that, but it's all about who gets power. Who gets the power to say whether you have to wear a mask or not? Listen to this rodent. It's less about mandates on the plane than it is about who has the right and the authority and the capability of making public health decisions. And I believe that the Department of Justice is operating on the principle that decisions that are public health decisions belong with the public health agency, in this case, the CDC. So it's more of a matter of principle of where the authority lies than it is about whether or not there's going to be a mandate on a plane or not. Wow. <laughs> Stunning admission. I can't believe you admitted it. We've all, all known that for quite some time. As I've said on this show for years, power and greed, power and greed. That's all liberals know. They have no solutions to any problems. They just want power and they possess greed. And there's Fauci admitting it. We want more power. Who do you think you are that you can decide whether you wear a mask or not? That's the CDC's job, not yours. And that's why we're going to court. He says the DOJ's operating on the principle. I get a kick out of that. There isn't a principle that the Department of Justice has or the CDC has or Fauci has or any liberal has. They have no principles. They have no integrity. They have no character. They're race-baiting, low-rent scum. That's what liberals are. And they'll race-bait until the cows come home because they have zero ideas to solve any problems. So let's blame it on race. That inflation, that's race. If it's not Putin... If we can't blame Putin, let's let's find a white guy and say he's a racist. Right over here. Or you don't like gay people. You don't like somebody. Well, what's your solution? Uh, you're a gay guy. You don't like gay guys? You're a gay hater. Well, how do we lower gas prices? You racist. You get over there with Putin. That's all they ever say. They don't have anything to add to the conversation or to the problems. Well, they do have a lot to add to the problems. They keep making the problems worse. Then they exacerbate them a little more. Then it's almost a stranglehold on everybody. If you notice, at least I noticed, 
Gas prices don't seem to attack just the black community. Stunning, isn't it? Well, the Sussman trial that ended, uh, as I said all along, it was a rigged courtroom, a rigged jury, a rigged judge. The, the trial itself was small-time potatoes. But the, the exposure that it got because of what was exposed, to me, is damning. And Alina Habab is a lawyer for President Trump. They're suing in civil court. And while she watched this trial, she recognized that here's what was exposed, here's what we found out, and this will benefit Donald Trump in his lawsuit going forward. Uh, the key of this case, in my opinion, was not necessarily getting a, a guilty verdict for Sussman. He is such a small player in this. He was, frankly, the lowest of the barrel as far as I'm concerned. What we got was the evidence, and I think that was the key. Durham was trying to put out evidence that there was a text message. The text message that came out by the general counsel, Baker, only came out after the indictment in 2021. So the judge actually did not allow that to be considered when they decided his verdict today. That was critical. So the key for us, and in fact for Donald Trump's case against all these individuals, is that we got the connection between Hillary Clinton through Robbie Mook's testimony, and we got the connection between the FBI, Comey, McCabe, all of them, Peter Strzok, and how they hid his identity from agents when they asked to find out who the close hold source was. These are all mm. critical and prove the collusion. That's what, frankly, I got out of this, which is more important to me than Sussman behind bars. She couldn't be more accurate. Smart lady. And Donald Trump's collusion case is starting to grow legs because this evidence is all very important. The judge has already ruled against these clowns, these criminals, as they try to get the case thrown out of court. Of course, they always try that. They don't want to engage in discovery because then they're under oath. Although it hasn't stopped them from lying before. I mean, Comey, Brennan, Clapper, they go right in front of Congress, swear to an oath, and then lie their ass off. They're born liars. They don't know any better. Some ways you almost feel sorry for them. You were born this way. You were born a liar. You're a natural liar. The minute you decided you were a liberal, you became a liar. L.L. See? Republican, right-thinking kind of guy. Both begin with an R. Liberal, liar. It's kind of redundant, isn't it? But it's what they do. And then they scream race. Rick Rennell, very familiar with these people that Donald Trump is suing. And he, like Alina Habab, didn't think the Sussman deal was that big of a deal. What he wants is Comey. Look, you know, I've said, I think we've even talked about the fact that Sussman, an attorney on the outside for the Hillary Clinton campaign, should have never really been the target. What I was told by uh, those smarty pants people in Washington, D.C. is that, oh, he was just the beginning. So I'm eager to get to Comey and to the others at the FBI who knew absolutely that they were pushing a phony hoax I can tell you, I talked to mid-level FBI agents who told me they didn't, they didn't classify information. They didn't redact all of this information. Their bosses did. And so I want to go up the food chain. We live in a country where no one is above the law. And this political partisanship that's going on in Washington, D.C., where three Clinton donors and an AOC donor 
all get together with a judge who's married to someone who represented Lisa Page, somehow tries to tell the rest of America that we have a really clean, honest legal system. And I think that the American people can see it. They know it. It's phony. And we got to clean it up. So I'm not going to stop until we prosecute Jim Comey. I think he is guilty. I've seen the evidence. He needs to be prosecuted. Carpe triple diem, Rick Grinnell. Yeah, this is the idea they try to foist on America. Oh, Sussman's trial was completely fair in a very fair and honest court. He got donors. I've never heard of this kind of stuff where you have donors to the very person that this guy worked with on the jury. (laughs) You have a judge who officiated the marriage of their cronies. You have a judge's wife who represented or does represent Lisa Page. It can't be more corrupt. Honestly, it can't be more corrupt. It's impossible. Now, Rick Grinnell, is there evidence? Because he wants Comey. What evidence do you have? Well, look, when I was acting DNI, I turned over uh, anything that Durham wanted. We, we declassified. We gave him the, the evidence. And I can just tell you for sure that the leaders of the FBI knew that what they were pushing was a hoax. They pushed it anyway. They even gave the information to a FISA court. Bingo. That's enough. Jail time. For sure, he said. There wasn't any doubt. It wasn't his opinion. You didn't hear him say, I think. You heard him say, I've seen the evidence, and for sure, Comey and his cronies were the ones pushing this false lie, and they used it to the FISA court to lie under oath in a sworn affidavit to obtain illegal warrants and illegal wiretaps. Jail. Will Comey go to jail? It's going to be fascinating to watch. But I wish they'd hurried up. There's a hitch in their giddy-up. Get it moving. Let's go. We've talked about securing schools a lot on this show because we believe that's how you stop shootings. A lot of smart people agree with that, but you don't hear many in political world saying it. You don't hear Republicans, for instance, saying it. I haven't heard them say it. Biden is against it. I haven't heard any Republicans say they're against securing a school because that's tantamount to a single-digit IQ and you're illiterate. You sign your name with an X and that's you. You're illiterate. And that's Biden. Who in the world wouldn't be for securing the schools? Biden. Well, I got news for him. The sheriff in Polk County, Florida, wants to secure the schools. Our research assistant was busy with a lot of this stuff and she got it all to us. But he had a picture that he put up at a news conference of two cops in the hallway of a school with their AR-15s out and guns in their hands. And he said, this is what you're going to see if you try to shoot up our schools. And he issued a stark warning as to exactly, very graphically, what their police officers at the schools are going to do to you if you show up with a gun. Now, if you have trouble understanding that, let me give it to you in Polk County vernacular. This is the last thing you'll see. 
before we put a bullet through your head if you're trying to hurt our children. We are going to shoot you graveyard dead if you come onto a campus with a gun threatening our children or shooting at us. Polk County language, he said. The picture was those cops when he said, this is the last thing you're going to see. <laughs> We're going to shoot you in the head, which is where they ought to shoot them. That way, make sure they don't survive. We're going to shoot you in the head, graveyard dead. Carpe diem, Polk County, Florida. Now, there are schools that have taken our suggestion seriously, and they took it seriously for the last few years. They have secured their schools. Here's a story about one in Indiana. Listen to this. Great. At Southwestern High School in Indiana, the kids drill. I see they're all running past this red line. What is that? The red line is the security measure, and that's in place because if we stand behind this red line, if there's a shooter at the door, they cannot see the children. And this is something schools can do right now. There's a red line on the ground. Absolutely. But here they go high-tech, too. The classroom doors are bullet-resistant and cameras, so many cameras everywhere. And it's not just school officials watching either. They're connected live with the sheriff's department 10 miles away. Authorities can track an intruder in real time. Every teacher here, you have your own panic button. Yeah, we all wear a fob in case there's a security breach. We can push this button and the entire alarm system goes off in the school. And something else I actually want to show you real quick. When that happens, every classroom has a box like this also hooked up to the sheriff's department. The teacher can flip help if they actually see the suspect and they're in danger, or they can flip safe if the kids are safe. He's walking towards exit 14. I'm going to launch the hot zone. The school's secret weapon called hot zones. Exploding smoke cannons hidden in the ceiling. Cops can deploy them in an instant. How about that? Now that's how you secure the school's. Just throw smoke on this guy's ass. He won't even know where the hell he is. Bulletproof doors, secured, locked, a red line to hide behind so that he can't see you. These are all safety security measures. While I listen to these stories, I become sad that our kids are having to drill to save their lives. It must scare the holy hell out of them. The worst thing we had was a fire drill. When that fire alarm went off, I can remember it to this day like it was yesterday. It scared the hell out of me. I knew pretty much that it was a drill, but that fire alarm was scary. So imagine kids now having to drill against being murdered. I I can't imagine. But you have to do it. But all of those security measures are impressive. Now, that's good stuff in Indiana. Here's what they're doing at a New Mexico school as well. It's as secure as Fort Knox. Many of the teachers carry guns, just in case. Show me your weapons and tell me what they are. 45, sir. 45. Mr. Pastor, this is a 45. Yes, Director of Security, 45. The pastor carries a 45 in a case that looks like a Bible. The principal is also armed with a 38 semi-automatic pistol. How many of you feel safer? knowing that your teacher has a gun. All of you. All of them. That was the second school was a Catholic school in New Mexico. The pastor has his 45 in a case that looks like a Bible. (laughs) 
you come into that school, you're going to meet resistance. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be somebody saying stop. It's going to be somebody putting a bullet through your head. Manny Diaz has just been named the Education Commissioner in the state of Florida by Governor Ron DeSantis. And at his news conference, Manny Diaz was talking about what they're going to be teaching kids in school in Florida. Here we get back to the basics. Parents are watching and paying attention to what's being learned in the school. We need, we don't need sexualization of our children, especially in the, the youngest grades. And the governor was clear on that. The legislature uh, followed that lead, uh, and the bill was signed, like you said, so it's now up to us to implement that. And make sure we get back to reading, writing, arithmetic, social studies, civics, um, really educating our children and avoid indoctrination. It really should be about the education of the child and the mission to have an educated populace that can uphold our republic. Bingo. Is that guy a genius? No. He's got a lot of common sense. And Ron DeSantis believes in all of those things. That's why he named him education commissioner. Again, who doesn't believe in educating children with reading skills, writing skills, math skills, civics courses? How about geography? I remember taking geography in school. I didn't like it. But I put it to use almost daily now. But I didn't have to listen to bullcrap about critical race theory or sex, sex talks, perversion talks, I should say. They're not sex talks. You know what? Judy sat across the, the uh, row from me. Marilyn was on the other side. Patty was two behind me. Bob was one in front of me. Joe was three over. I knew that those were guys and those were girls. I didn't have to guess. I knew that the guys weren't going into the girls' restrooms. I love life. Very normal. You want to talk about normal Joe Biden? That's normal. Your whack job idea of this country is abnormal. And it can't be more abnormal. The infinitesimal percentage of people that are gay or transgender in this country are ruling the country, thanks to people like Biden. Well, they're not going to get the guns. By the way, that's never going to happen. I, I, I hear all this stuff. Oh, they're coming for our guns. Let them come. They're not going to get them. It's not going to happen. People will die before they'll give them their guns. So that's not going to happen. Mark Robinson, who's lieutenant governor of North Carolina, was at the NRA convention last week. And if you want to hire a guy to speak who is passionate, who's intelligent, who knows his subject matter, unlike Biden, who thinks 9 millimeter bullets will explode your lungs right out of your body, <laughs> What a freaking dope. Mark Robinson's your guy. He's black, and he's got passion. Hear me when I say this leftist politicians in Washington, D.C. We need to make as much of an investment protecting our children as the American people do in protecting you. You spare no expense buying every weapon known to man. By every metal detector known to man, every modern convenience you have it at your disposal to protect you behind the walls that you live in. But you are bound and determined to leave our children defenseless. And now you are bound and determined to, to leave the law-abiding patriotic citizens of this nation unarmed and defenseless. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, 
Get your pencils out, lick them, and get ready to write this down. It is not going to happen. We are not going to go off into that good night without standing up for our right. Carpe quadruple diem, Mark Robinson. How about that? Now that guy can fire you up. Then you listen to that doddering old man not knowing who the names are of his people all around him. <laughs> listen to this guy, Mark Robinson, then listen to that ass. Who inspires you? Kind of an unfair question, isn't it? I mean, do you even have to think? Jason Whitlock is a guy that I admire listening to. I think he's very intelligent. Another black guy, by the way, who understands what's going on in this country and doesn't like it and doesn't make excuses for black people. That's not his way of doing life. Tim Anderson, I've touched on this at the beginning of the show today, is a baseball player for the Chicago White Sox, plays for LaRouche Bag. Tim Anderson's a good player. But in an article in Sports Illustrated, he referred to Brad Keller, a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, as a MFing N-word. Uh, Brad Keller's white. But nothing really happened to Tim Robinson. So Tim Robinson in the same article says that he's the modern-day Jackie Robinson. Now, nobody's the modern-day Jackie Robinson because nobody gets treated like Jackie Robinson was treated. So to even mention that is laughable. And if you're a black guy like Jason Whitlock, who's covered sports, you know the Jackie Robinson story. Most people note that even aren't involved in sports. Jackie Robinson was a true hero. Jackie Robinson experienced, tr experienced true racism. You think Tim Anderson experiences racism? This guy is paid tens of millions of dollars to play baseball. He hasn't had his hotel room blocked where he had to stay in an all-black hotel. He hasn't been stopped from drinking out of certain drinking fountains. He hasn't been banned from restaurants. How dare you compare yourself to Jackie Robinson? But he did. And players being what they are, they're athletes who love to get on somebody who says stupid stuff like this. I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I wore Adidas shoes on the basketball team. So when we played teams like St. Louis U High, which was our greatest rival, when I was at the free throw line, all I heard from the stands were these St. Louis U High guys mocking my shoes. Now, it wasn't quite Joe Willie Namath with his white shoes, but the Adidas shoes at that time were very different. Everybody else wore Converse. On a small scale, I got ribbed for it. So Tim Anderson gets to first base against the Braves. Josh Donaldson is playing first base, and he says, What's up, Jackie? Mocking him for his Jackie Robinson reference. Instead of laughing it off, Tim Anderson decides to start a bench-clearing brawl. Here's Jason Whitlock's take on Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson embraced the role of baby George Floyd with a heavy dose of Jussie Smollett. Anderson loves attention. He's a bat-flipping showboat. <laughs> with a heavy dose of Jussie Smollett. But then it got worse because Tony LaRouchebag decided that he would weigh in and called Josh Donaldson a racist. He made a racist comment, Donaldson, and that's all I'm going to say. That's pretty strong. That's as strong as it gets. 
Ooh, it's as strong as it gets. Let's recap. Josh Donaldson said, what's up, Jackie? In LaRouche Bag's mind, the guy who's friends with Bobby Knight, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, tough guys all, real men, this guy, LaRusa, calls Josh Donaldson a racist for saying, what's up, Jackie? Whitlock isn't taking that lying down either. Uh, Tony LaRusa, he's a baby groomer. His pronouns are they and them. The legendary 77-year-old baseball skipper and best friend of Bob Knight and Bill Parcells has apparently bowed to the social media and social justice winds and reinvented himself as a groomer. He's overseeing the transition of the Chicago White Sox into a sixth-grade girls softball team. Adhering to leftist custom, Chicago's lone African-American player, Tim Anderson, volunteered to be the first major leaguer to sacrifice his stick and balls. Carpe diem, Jason Whitlock. <laughs> LaRusse is a baby groomer. They and them. Whitlock wasn't done. He blames people like LaRusse and society for creating this emasculization of men. Anderson isn't, is a talented baseball player with the mental capacity of an eight-year-old girl. You know why he's that weak and stupid? Because the world constructed by the left rewards him for being that weak and stupid. It has nothing to do with his skin color. Jackie Robinson had the exact same complexion. Robinson lived during an era when the world rewarded men for their intellect, emotional control, and strength. Men are being transitioned into little girls, and little girls are being transitioned into grown men. Weak, old men like Tony LaRusa are too afraid to do anything about it. At age 77, with millions of dollars in the bank, LaRusa would rather collect another check grooming men for castration than take the risk of telling Anderson or any black man to man up. Carpe Cinco de Mayo Diem. Jason Whitlock. That's five carpe diems. I don't know what the, the number five is in Spanish. Is it Cinco? Probably. But nice going, Jason Whitlock. And boy, LaRusa got it handed to him. Whitlock and me were the only two people that ever take LaRusa on. Nobody else does. These cowards in the media. They're just cowards. But Jason Whitlock's not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. LaRusa tried to get me fired. But he was too cowardly to, to come to court to get de- deposed. So we deposed Dave Duncan. Dave is up. Hello, Dave. How are you? Kevin, I'm doing well. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, for every one good thing that Tony LaRusso says every decade, he usually follows it up with three or four dozen stupid things. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot that he said that was smart, but... Um... I'll give I'll give it to you that something he said at one time or another might have been, but I haven't heard it. Uh, the, well, I, the most recent thing where, where he called he, he called out Gabe Kapler, who was at best an average ball player. Well, he he also not, not he, what he said was I would never not stand for the national anthem, but he admires Kapler, and that Kapler has every right to do what he's doing. Well, he really doesn't have that right. Baseball needs to inform him. Here are the rules. If you don't follow them, you're out. 
Well, you know, Kevin, that's why I can't stand the DeWitts because they played into the, the demise of baseball by keeping that piece of shit around for as many years as they did. Well, they kept him around because the team was winning. Now, they, they provided him with one of the best teams year in and year out in baseball. So any, well, any dope could have with, won, and yet in 15 or 16 years, he won two titles. Anybody could have done that. one token black player. Because now you want to talk about a, a, a potential racist, it's La Russa. He usually only had one or no black players on most of his teams. Yeah. Now, maybe, now there, maybe there was a there, – there, There's a part of this, though. In baseball, for whatever reason, black kids haven't been drawn to baseball. Major League Baseball had to try some sort of a, a program called BAT, black something or other, in the inner cities to try to get kids interested in baseball. They played basketball or football. They didn't care about baseball anymore. So you didn't have the proliferation of the black athletes going to baseball like Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Juan Marichal, who was from the Dominican, of course, but he was dark. Uh, all of those great black players, Maury Wills, Lou Brock, Willie McGee, Kurt Flood, you don't, you don't have the numbers that you had then. Well, no, too, Kevin, but also, but, but also look, look at baseball nowadays. It's boring and it sucks. So why would kids want to go to a boring sport they don't. that sucks? They don't. That's why they play basketball. First of all, basketball, you can be uh, in poverty, and if you can get your hands on a basketball, you can go practice by yourself because there are baskets everywhere. In every public school yard, there's a basket. So basketball is the easiest game to get good at. Yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, Kevin, with, with the, 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 the shooting, I'm transitioning to the, to these, the, the shootings, just constant. I don't care where it's at. Uh, and I'll reiterate this till I'm blue in the face until it happens. The police officers need to be armed with the proper stuff to stop these people. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, the expression don't bring a knife to a gunfight still holds true well, to law enforcement. I, I, have to, ex- I have to, but, maybe I'm naive to this, but the police are armed with the proper equipment to stop this stuff. What, what are they missing? Well, a lot of, Kevin, a lot of police cars don't have AR-15s in there, which is what you would, what you would need to stop these armed intruders. When they have an AR and you're going up against them with, with a, a handgun, well, you're already at a tactical disadvantage. Well, isn't your handgun a semi-automatic handgun? It, it, it is semi-automatic, but it, it, it's at, at, at max you really want to fire it no more than 25 yards. As a rifle, well, okay, you, you, you have more accuracy with a rifle than you with handgun. Well, and I'm not saying that. You what I think, them. what I think they should do is give them fully automatic weapons because you are defending people. And when, well, Kevin, when, when all the critical see, liberals will say, well, you know, that's, that's what the army has. Well, that's right. Because they're defending the country and the police need to have that to defend against people like this. But, um, all I know is all the amount of armor or weaponry in the world isn't going to stop these people unless the cops are there. Again, Kevin, uh, 1000% accurate. Uh, you, you know, I, I love what the, uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor of, of, uh, I think it's North Carolina said, you know, it, it's true. We spend all the money to protect all these POSs, 
but yet we can't secure our school. Look at look at stupid up there in the White House, the illegitimate president, not wanting to spend the money on the schools. But again, we'll spend forty billion dollars to Ukraine. How much forty billion dollars do you think would go in these schools in the, in the United States to keep these kids safe? I'm no economist and I'm no mathematician, but my guess is forty billion would do the job. Ah, uh, Kevin, I, I I would think so. I would think so. I, I you know, my friend, I. I I, I, I try not to push my beliefs off on people, but every day I find myself praying more and more uh, for those that I know and for those that I don't know that they're safe in their daily endeavors wherever it takes them because it's a scary, scary thing. When I heard you talking about the fire drills, they used to scare the crap out of me too. Kevin, I, I would never imagine if somebody would have told me in my 50s, that you'd have to practice armed intruder drills, I would have said, what the hell are you smoking? It's crazy. And it's got to be frightening to these kids. I don't care what they say. It's 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 messing with them mentally. Well, yes, absolutely. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's scary. It's scary. And one other thing, if I could, Kevin, we know there's millions of people listening. And look, if you're an athlete in high school, or even if you're not an athlete in high school, and you see somebody getting picked on, Kevin, you and I have never discussed this, but I know exactly what you would do. If you see somebody getting picked on in school by a bully, I don't care if it takes five years to kick his ass right there and set an example that athlete, non-athlete, you guys aren't going to take this shit from a bully. Put him in his place. I guarantee you he'll cower down. I can tell you what my son did when he was faced with that situation, and he was in second grade, uh, first or second grade. Um I didn't know about it because he didn't tell me about it. But the teacher called me and said, I just want to tell you what Troy did today. We have four or five Asian kids in our classroom. And at recess, Troy was the best athlete, so he was the most popular. That's how it works when you're a young boy. And the kids were playing, and the other kids didn't want the Asian kids to play. So Troy told them, if they don't play, I don't play. And he went and played with the Asian kids. Now, he didn't think anything of it. That's how he was raised. And so when he came home, he didn't say anything. And when the teacher called and told me that, I asked Troy, I said, anything happened at school today uh, that was different? And he said, no, everything was pretty much the same. <laughs> but thats he didn't even give it a second thought. And that's what you do with a bunch of bullies. You know, you got to have the, the kid who's either the strongest kid or the, the most well-liked, the most popular, or the best athlete to stand up and say, it's not going to happen. Exactly. But, that, you know, Kevin – uh, not tooting your horn. That's a huge reflection upon you. Well, that your your son, your son was raised like that. He did it. And, you know, I, I I could have raised him to do anything, but he did it. I didn't. He did it. Well, no, no, absolutely. But it did it because that's how he was raised. Yeah. Now he I told him, him. I told him if he finds a liberal in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my friend, as always, the show is is phenomenal. I have one question for you. With with the new platforms you have, and this is my ignorance, is is there a way you can track the listenership and all that stuff? Is is, is that Yeah, we can can track it. Okay, well, I'm sure it's off the charts now with all the uh, new platforms you got. Uh, As always, my friend, uh, this show is absolutely phenomenal. I tell you this all the time. You are my Jack Buck. Well, I appreciate that, Dave, very much. That's a great honor. Kevin, take care, my friend. Have a have a well. Have a great rest of the week and enjoy the weekend. Thank you. You have the same. Take care, everybody. Bye bye now. Bye bye now.
you know, it's interesting when you work a four day week like this with a holiday that starts it, the week does fly by. So I am one of those guys that's in favor of a four day week. <laughs> Somehow I think the whole country would be happier. Wouldn't you be happier if you only had a four day week? I sure would. Dave mentioned his beliefs. Mark Wahlberg has beliefs. Now he's one of the most successful actors in Hollywood has been successful in the entertainment business for a long time since he was Marky Mark wearing the jeans and then became a very good actor, and he's acted in some tremendous movies. One of my favorites is Shooter. And his son was just confirmed in the Catholic Church. Mark Wahlberg is from Boston. He's an Irish, well, he's not Irish, but he's a Catholic. And he talked about the confirmation of what it means to him, and he talked about it from his knees by his bedside my hands and my knees to express my gratitude on this beautiful day. Congratulations to my son, Michael, for making his confirmation. All the young people out there who were confirmed and taking their relationship with the Lord into their adulthood, what a commitment you guys have made. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, just listened to a beautiful prayer on the Hallow app and also just got an alert that the Celtics won. Lots of prayers answered today. God bless you. God bless you all. He had to bring the Celtics into it. But how nice. So his the values of Mark Wahlberg have not been tainted by Hollywood. And so he has passed those on to his family. He has several kids. Good for him. Good for him. And he's a guy that would stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. He would stand for the flag. He would stand for the anthem. We all do. Those of us who are Americans. That's how you do it. We'll take a break and we'll get right back to you. But here's the Pledge of Allegiance with Red Skelton. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity. Allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose, all divided with imaginary boundaries yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible incapable of being divided with liberty which is freedom 
the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Welcome back in. Kevin Slayton with you right here in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com, broadcasting live on our website. Our podcast will be on our website, available all day. And it will also be on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Anchor, you name it. Any, any place you like to wa- listen to your podcast, that's where we are. So we broadened our audience, and we're having fun with it. And we're happy that you've been so loyal and supportive. Our good friends at Green Envy support them, too, because they do a spectacular job. I had a... F- friend of mine came over the other day. He said, you're not kidding about your yard. Green Envy does a great job. No, nope, I wouldn't kid you. I wouldn't lie to you folks. Never have. 636-757-1600. 757-1600. That's Green Envy. And they'll come out and do for you what they've done for me. They've made my yard the absolute envy of the neighborhood. Thick, lush, green grass. Shrubs, bushes, trees in spectacular shape. Those actually had had a virus and Green Envy took care of it. I wouldn't have even noticed it. And and keep in mind, I'm not one of these guys that is freaky about his yard. I don't water it, except in July and August probably, and not as much as I should. And yet it stays beautiful. They treat it all year round, and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg or your firstborn like gasoline does. 636-757-1600, Green Envy. They'll come out and do for you what they did for me. Our phone lines are open, 636 636- Five three eight zero seven four six five three eight zero seven four six. I mentioned earlier that the left, the weirdos, the freak shows, especially in the gay community, are freaked out about Dr. Jill Biden. What? When? By the way, this is how fast liberals turn on each other. Dr. Jill uh, has an. A, seemingly innocuous statement, an announcement that she's revealing United States Postal Service stamp that honors Nancy Reagan. A statement was released by the White House saying that Dr. Jill would unveil the stamp on Monday alongside Reagan's niece. Now that just doesn't sit well with a lot of the 
the gay, lesbian, LGBT, what is it, what is it uh, Jean-Pierre said, LGBTQI, whatever the I is again, we're trying to figure it out. Didn't set well with them at all. They claim that the Reagan administration just didn't respond to the AIDS crisis as they should have. Now, you want to talk about carrying a grudge? <laughs> I don't even remember the facts of the 80s with Ronald Reagan and the AIDS crisis. But I do know this. How do you carry a grudge that long? They do. Here's a feminist activist by the name of Elizabeth McLaughlin's response to Jill Biden's honoring Nancy Reagan. I'm so effing done. Have fun honoring the AIDS denier with the man who effed up the post office so badly to help Trump win the election that my dad still can't get a birthday card sent to his grandchildren out of his local post office in purple PA. That's all one sentence, by the way. So Elizabeth McLaughlin is not very smart. But I don't even know what she's talking about. The AIDS denier. So did Nancy Reagan deny that AIDS existed? No, she didn't. Did Ronald Reagan screw up the post office to help Trump win the election? He's dead. Her dad can't get a birthday card sent to his grandchildren out of his local post office in Pennsylvania. That's Nancy Reagan's fault? (laughs) I'm telling you, these people set the insane meter off. It, it, the needle goes right through the roof and breaks. They're insane. Here's another one. Oh, look. The White House is honoring Nancy Reagan for a stamp. Announced on this, the first day of Pride Month. Wow. It's The, the Pride Movement started in defiance of people like the Reagans. They had the blood of thousands of queer people on their hands. Really? Are the Reagans responsible for the deaths of gay people? Again, I'm lost. Beginning Pride Month by honoring the most homophobic and violently so administration the country has ever seen. Huh. So the Reagan administration was the most homophobic, violently so, that the country's ever seen. What did the Reagan administration do to gay people? Did they execute them? I don't remember that. Jill Biden is celebrating Pride Month by honoring a monstrous and unrepentant homophobe who went out of her way to make a bunch of gay people suffer and die. Nancy Reagan killed gay people. And though she didn't kill, she made them suffer because she's a monster and an unrepentant homophobe. Unrepentant. In other words, she has to be a gay cheerleader. Otherwise, she's an unrepentant homophobe. And here's another good one. To announce this on the first day of Pride is a slap in the face to everyone we lost. Lost? You act like there was a war. And to everyone who still mourns them, while that vile garbage woman in the White House, forever F Nancy Reagan and forever F this announcement. Now, I'm assuming that person is talking about people they lost to AIDS. Well, unless you received a bad blood transfusion and contracted AIDS that way, as people did, Arthur Ashe famously so, 
the young uh, kid in Indiana who Bobby Knight had sit on his bench also received a tainted blood transfusion and died from AIDS. But unless you receive a tainted blood transfusion that leads AIDS to be the killer of you, you have chosen, you made a conscious choice to risk yourself and your health with AIDS. How do you explain it any other way? That's your choice. If you want to practice unsafe sex and you get AIDS, you're gay and you get AIDS, that's your choice. Nobody's telling you don't do it. You do what you want. It's your choice. But if you get AIDS and die from AIDS after having done that, how is it that it's Nancy Reagan's fault? Nancy Reagan could have made public pronouncements, I hate gay people, I don't believe in AIDS, it doesn't even exist, none of which she said, by the way. But if she had said all of that, she wouldn't be responsible for you dying from AIDS. You made a choice that resulted in that. It's amazing, isn't it? That's how nuts these people are. It's a slap in the face. Biden's uh, regime, by the way, also issued a statement in support for Pride Month and said it would vigorously oppose legislation that asserted traditional values. See what I mean? This country's nuts. So you can't have traditional values anymore. If you do, Biden's going to oppose it. Well, Nancy Reagan had traditional values. Why are you allowing uh, your wife to? Of course, he probably doesn't even know she's doing it with that stamp. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today, sir? I'm always doing great. Hey, uh, called about something in particular you just talked about, but a couple quick notes. Um, I want to mention, I listened to your show the other day when you're talking about the manager from the Giants, and I'm purposely not saying his name because I don't want to give him any credit. Um, but you played him in a press conference, I guess he was in, and he said that it takes him a while to process things to make a decision. Do you recall him saying that in that press conference? Yes. So how's he the manager of a baseball team where you sometimes have to make split-second decisions? It does kind of question the irony of the statement, doesn't it? (laughs) Just caught me when I heard that the other day, and I was like, how can you manage a team? If it takes you a while to process, are you going to like three days from now say, hey, I think we need to switch pitchers in that game from Tuesday? Yeah. Now, they don't have to make split decisions like football coaches do, but they have to make pitching change decisions. Now, it's not quite as difficult as it used to be before the DH. The DH yeah. makes it pretty easy for these guys. But yeah, you're in a you're in a business where you have to make decisions inning by inning. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just it, 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 to me he's an idiot looking for press time. He's a press he's a uh, of what do you course call he it? He's an attention whore. Looking, looking to be noticed. He's an attention whore. He doesn't just yeah. come out of his yeah. clubhouse during the anthem on Memorial Day. He doesn't just sit in the dugout and stand in there. He comes out of the dugout, stands in front of the dugout to call attention to himself. Yep. He is the biggest and, and, fraud of all. And LaRusse is saying he can do what he wants to do. That's fine because LaRusse is saying, look, I'm not going to do it because I don't want all that heat, but you go ahead and do it for me. That's what I hear from LaRusse. Yeah, I can, I can certainly understand that interpretation. 
But you know, uh, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, um, by the definition of the government standards, if there's a shooting where four or more people are shot at or are shot, uh, it's a mass shooting, and that's how they're coming on with these numbers of mass shootings out there. So we had another one yesterday in Tulsa um, at a medical facility, but um, got a little press about it. But where's the outrage on that one? I didn't hear about it. Give me some details if you have them. Medical facility yesterday, a person went in, um, shot, I think, four or five people, shot, turned the gun on himself, shot himself, um, you know, scared the heck out of everybody in the medical facility. What kind of gun? Uh, and uh, But guess what? He did not have an AR-15. That, that was my question. What kind of gun? So not, you're not going to even hear about it. Yeah. And he was a black gentleman on top of it. Forget about it. That'll be buried under yesterday's news. Yep. So it gets out there a little bit when it happens, and then all of a sudden, oh, we don't want to push this anymore. Yeah, the he fact, didn't have an AR-15. The fact that I didn't hear about it tells you how good they are at burying the things they don't want you to hear. Yeah, my my wife pointed it out to me because she works in medical in medical field, and she's like, yeah, we're we're careful out there, like the schools too. We got to watch what's going on too, and and you know it's it's crazy out there. So that kind of leads me into a little bit of what I wanted to talk to you about here is quick story i'll make as quick as i can is last weekend we were at a venue and um listening to some music and and you know kevin when you're at venues you sometimes strike up a conversation with people sitting around you correct sometimes yeah sometimes i try to avoid them but anyway yeah i mean sometimes they just you end up saying something or talking or whatever being friendly you know and um so uh was 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 talking to some folks and ended up talking to a gentleman and uh in the conversation, you know, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, what do you do for a living type thing? And, and, and he had an interesting occupation, and we started talking about it, and he asked me about mine. And, and we were just chatting away and had a great conversation and, and said, hey, you know, maybe you can, you've ever need anything sometime on business, you know, give me a call or whatever, share the phone number. I mean, sometimes that's how things start, you know. So it was a nice conversation. But after it was done, somebody said to me after I had walked away, and they said, well, you know that guy's gay. And I said, so? Right. What's that supposed to mean? Yeah. I'm like, you felt, I, I thought to myself, you felt the need to tell me that that person's gay because you knew that. Why do you need to tell me that? Did you overhear the conversation because he didn't tell me he was gay? You know, is what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I don't care. We had a nice conversation. He does something neat for a living. We talked about it. It was a nice conversation. But what I give him credit for is he didn't tell me he was gay. He didn't push it on me. He didn't say, hey, in a couple of days, we got Gay Pride Month coming up. I mean, I guess I should feel good that they didn't tell me that he identified as a German shepherd. You know, it's amazing that it's usually, again, all this racism is usually created by white people, and except for the black race baiters like the Sharptons and the Jacksons, of course, and the Joy Reeds. But here's the gay thing. Now, it's not being stirred by the gay guy it's being stirred by a heterosexual guy who wants you to know he's gay it's it's really bizarre how people have to foist what they somehow are afraid of onto someone else mm-hmm. why, why would you be afraid of talking to a gay guy i don't get I, it i i give a hundred percent respect to people till they earn my disrespect i still respect that man to this moment i'm talking to you he hasn't done anything to earn my disrespect Live your life. You should have said. You should have said he's also he was also white. Did you notice that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but it's like you know I I wanted to say well good thing I mean should I have told him I was heterosexual should did I make a mistake I didn't tell him that you know well you fly your heterosexual flag out in front of your house don't you 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't matter, folks. And that's the problem. It's the minority of the minority that want to push the agenda, that are the attention whores, and they're pushing all this. But I've known some good people out there that are gay, male or female. I don't care. Just don't push it on me. You know, it, it, and if, if that person would have said, hey, here's my partner, I would have said, nice to meet you. But if they started preaching to me, I would have said, wait a minute. You know, now I got a problem. But just live your life, people. And, 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 and you know, but it's, it's all these these baiters out there. And, and that's where it's at. And it's about the devices, divisiveness of everything. And that's where we need to stop it. Quit being divisive. You know, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, they go against themselves like Rick Grinnell. They can't stand him because he may be a gay, but he's a conservative, you know. So it, it's all this divisiveness. And it drives me absolutely crazy. Same thing with what you did earlier in the show with the guy from Kentucky with the noose around his neck. I saw that yesterday and I, I, I almost bust out laughing. And I was like, really? You know, this is the commercial you're going to run to try to get elected. And, and a guy on one of the shows last night, I can't remember. He was a black gentleman conservative. I think it was on Hannity or Ingram. I just happened to catch it going in the other room. And um, he said that that guy saying he was the first black person to get the nomination as a Democrat in Kentucky he said, where you been, Republicans in Kentucky? You've been nominating black people for years. Exactly. I mean, they have a Republican uh, attorney general. Yeah. So so he's claiming he's the first uh, Democrat. Well, yeah, the Democrats finally went, yeah, we better let better let uh, let you be nominated here so that we can say we did the black person because uh, we don't like black people. I mean, that's what it comes across as. Of you course. Know, so it, it, I mean, it's, commercial it's, was stupid. It was just stupid. Well, and, it was dangerous is what it was. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Well, it's more divisiveness. I mean, it's just divisive. Well, that's it's all he has. I mean, that's, that's all liberals have. They don't have any ideas. This guy didn't mention one thing in that entire commercial that he is stand, that he stands for or that he will do for Kentuckians. Not one thing. How do you run for office, cut a political ad, and not mention one thing about yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting tons of ads in the mail right now over here that we're getting in the mail that is – this candidate in Illinois is against this. This one's all these Republican primary candidates in Illinois that are running, and everyone's attacking each other. Got one that you know, won't even speak up as to uh, on on some issues. He's keeping his mouth shut, and they're saying that he's a he's a plant. Um, but I get all this stuff in the mail, and it all goes in the trash can because unless it proves to me, as you know, with facts and figures on the literature, I throw it in the trash can. Yeah, it's usually just propaganda otherwise. Good yeah, stuff, give Kevin. Me facts to prove it. Hey, Kevin, have a blessed day as always, brother, and uh, I wish you well. And, uh, and uh, hey, YouTube, got to love them, right? Oh, yeah. That's a badge of honor, as our research well, assistant it, points out. It's a badge out. of honor, and I, I, I only would watch a YouTube video if I had to for some reason, but I don't watch YouTube at all. So <laughs> um, I, I, I go to your website, and I'll keep it there, bro. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Have a blessed one. Bye. You too. Bye-bye now. Phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, oh, did you know he was gay? And that would make a difference why? People are just weird. They're just weird. Everybody has to make something important that's not important. Donald Trump is suing the Pulitzer Prize Board if they do not revoke the prizes given to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Remember, the Post and the Times received Pulitzer Prizes for reporting that really fueled the the Russia hoax against President Trump, that they colluded with Russia. 
I don't blame the president. I hope he does sue them. Now, we'll see how, uh, what kind of a spine the Pulitzer Prize board has. My guess is they have none. So they'll go ahead and let the uh, awards stand, and then they're going to get their ass sued. But they know the awards were based on phony reporting. How can you let those awards stand? Why should President Trump have to threaten to sue them in order for them to say, we're revoking those awards? They were achieved on on the basis of lies. It's just like Major League Baseball. Cowardly though they are, you sort of expect it from them. When Barry Bonds has the home run record surpassing Hank Aaron based on steroids, why do you allow that record to stand? That's not a record. Hank Aaron has the record. These aren't Pulitzer Prizes these two newspapers won. They won them based on lies. Their reporting was lie-filled. Are you giving an award to a newspaper for reporting with lies to make a political point? Well, that's what they did. So now what's the, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to let those prizes stand? Boy, you would hope not, right? My God. It's meaningless. The Pulitzer Prize is meaningless if they leave those awards where they are. Completely and totally meaningless. To the point where I don't even know why you'd want one. It doesn't come with any kind of gravitas. That was Bob Romanek's favorite word. It lacks gravitas. I know exactly what he's talking about. Remember this guy named David Hogg, the little punk who apparently went to school at Marjorie Stoneman High School that was shot up in Florida a few years ago and then decided that he would try to make a career off of it? You talk about low rent. Well, he continues to do it. And Ryan Petty is a father who lost his daughter Elena in that shooting at Parkland School. And he says Hogg is pushing absolute revisionist history. Now, Hogg was part of some pro-gun control students from Stoneman Douglas High School. And, of course, he got all kinds of national media attention. Remember, um, these people launched this never again. They organized the March for Our Lives. And Hogg claims that he and his fellow students successfully worked with politicians to pass the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Public Safety Act. He said, I understand there are many disagreements about what we should do, but the important thing is we all agree we need to do something. He's he's a a high school student. He added, the law we created has been used nearly 6,000 times, including one time to disarm somebody through a court order who threatened to kill my own mother. Now, that's what he said. Ryan Petty, however, the father of Elena, who was killed, said Hogg only complicated the legislative process that resulted in this Public Safety Act. This is absolute revisionist history and, quite frankly, bullshit, Petty responded. You did nothing but make it more difficult for us to get the MSD bill passed in the Florida legislature. It's time to sit down, you charlatan. Carpe diem to Ryan Petty. Sit down, you charlatan. Got to love that. That kid is really, he is everything that's wrong. Talk about a guy trying to exploit 
and, and build a career off the back of dead school classmates. Unbelievable. But you can't stop these people because they have no moral compass. They have no morals. They have no character. They have no integrity. They don't care. Why should they care? All they care about is just like all liberals, money, power. Mostly power because they know that leads to money. So they're always looking for the power. Always, always, always. And when they can find the power, they know that will lead them to the promised land of financial gain, right? It is what they do, and they're not going to stop. So here are the cable ratings that I talked about earlier in the show. MSNBC, CNN, coming in so far behind Fox that you can't even see them. This is the 10th straight month that Fox has beaten the combined viewers of CNN and MSNBC. Ten straight months. So, it's embarrassing that CNN is third. This is the supposed worldwide news leader that originated the the format. The top seven programs in the month of May in terms of cable news ratings all went to Fox programs. And what do you think was number one? Do you think it was Tucker, Hannity, Laura Ingram? It was actually the five. Tucker was second, very closely in second. CNN didn't even have a show in the top ten. <laughs> it's the five, Tucker Carlson, Hannity, Jesse Waters. Those are the top four. Then comes Bear, Laura Ingram, and Greg Gutfeld. That's the top seven. It's not even close. Gutfeld continues to outdraw the Tonight Show and Kimmel. Those are network traditional shows in late night. And here's a guy who just started a cable show five, six, seven months ago and is beating them. Tucker drew well over 3 million viewers. To give an example, the best CNN could do is Anderson Cooper, 750,000. <laughs> Not even a third of what Tucker has. Anderson Cooper was in 25th place. That's the best that CNN could put out there on the air. Doesn't that tell you something? Wow. If you're CNN, you've got to start paying attention. CNN had a total viewership of 660,000. Fox, 2.27 million. That's an ass whipping. All right, that's going to wrap us for today. We're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow right here in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Listen on the podcast here and everywhere on every platform, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, Google, we're everywhere, but we're not on YouTube. Back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Uh